Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lock Talk Radio. y'all we are back this is the juice radio show um so let's let's get back into what we were talking about um we were getting a little bit of insight on this weekend and how everybody felt um i asked the question of what does i'm sorry give me one moment let me go okay i asked the question of what do you think the solution is to tackling police brutality in the black community and do you feel protesting will create a solution or more problems and if so how so I'm gonna let y'all, you know, do y'all thing on that. Does anybody have any feedback for me? Um, I I just want to um kind of hop in where where Wayne was talking about yeah. um he doesn't feel like that uh you know looting dissolves anything. And I would have to agree. I don't think looting solves anything. And I think we were just saying before we went off break that uh well, I was saying specifically that you know um even though looting doesn't solve anything and even though um, some people may be against protests or some people may be against certain things. Yeah. Um, everybody has a place in, in trying to fight what we're trying to fight right now. You may not be one of the people that want to go out there and be a part of a protest or want to go out there on the front lines. Maybe the best thing you can do is just use your voice at home, you know, and right. just educate people in your family about it. And just, you know, everybody has a place. Everybody doesn't, isn't supposed to be out there, you know, so that, that, but the point that I'm making is that try not to judge how black people mourn, try not to judge how black people protest, try not to judge how black people respond to being um, killed over and over by police. Right. You know what I mean? Like everybody's responding to, to it differently. Yeah. And honestly, I'm not mad at, at, at no way. Nobody's responding to it because an innocent man lost his life. And if that was your life, wouldn't you want the whole world to avenge your death too? So yeah, if somebody lost, if I lost, if I lost my life in the same way that George Floyd lost his life, and I knew that the whole world had stopped for me, and people were looting and burning buildings down and doing crazy stuff, I'd be pretty hyped. Yeah, I'd be like, that, that's kind of dope. You know what I mean? So I think that we are, even though that's wrong, still, at least we are showing that we cared about an innocent black man's life being taken away wrongfully. Uh, yeah, I feel like if you're not a 
on the ground kind of fighter, like mm-hmm. out there doing a protest, blah, blah, blah. There has to be some kind of effort. So instead of just reposting something or like, you know, there has to be some kind of, there has to be some sense of like, I care about this and I want, I want it to change because it could be you, it could be your dad, it could be mm-hmm. your brother, you, you know, so, or sister, whatever. So, I'm, you know, I just think, you know, we got to do something, whether we, we go into the city council members and saying what we got to say, going to the police officers, um, chief of police, whatever, saying what we got to say and, you know, making our mark on the world, you know, mm-hmm. so. And you bring up another good point that, um, you know, we got to also try to be careful not to judge other people. And, you know, it's so easy to tell somebody else, you're not posting anything or you just posted a selfie and you should have yeah. posted a black square. Yeah. People are doing that. You know what I mean? And so I feel like it don't matter how bad the world looks. It don't matter how good the world looks. Everybody's not going to do what you want them to do. <laughs> the world could be very well ending. And just because somebody don't want to tweet about it or they don't want to post about it, we really got to just learn that everybody is dealing with things in their own way and nobody's dealing with it the same way. And, um, again, it don't matter how bad the world looks, everybody's not going to deal with it the same way. Yeah. Everybody. So we got to cut that out because everybody's not going to post a black square. Everybody's not going to go to a protest. That's okay. Again, everybody's going to deal with it their own way. And I just feel like we just need to respect that. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So, does anybody else have anything to say, or we gonna move on? Okay, we move. Oh, we got you know our girl. I mean, I'm sorry, I was gonna say Illy Red. <laughs> yeah. I'll let you introduice yourself. Let everybody know. Yeah, it's ICM, and yeah, I just came in minutes ago, but I'm here now. So what's up? <laughs> what's up? What's up? Have you uh, been to any protests, or you been watching everything that's going on? I've definitely been watching, and I mean, kind of like. What he was saying, like, um, I really think it's, it is really beautiful to see people coming together and everything like that. But I wish I was at the protest. Hopefully they have another one soon and I'll definitely be there. But, yeah, I mean, I've been watching for sure. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's talk about why the National Guard came to, to Tulsa or to town. So why do you guys think that the National Guard came to, to Tulsa? Tiller, can you tell us more about that? Okay. <laughs> well, so on the night of the riot in front of the mall, they had called National Guard to come in and help out with the help help the police out because I guess they got too crazy and whatnot. And from what I've heard was that they had tanks. They had tanks rolling down the street because people I guess people had broken into a jewelry store mm-hmm. and started stealing stuff out the jewelry store. And so they called like the National Guardian and the National Guard was out there till about three or four o'clock in the morning. And then I've, after that, that's that's really just about it. And so. So National Guard will, will probably in most cases only come out whenever things become federal. So when things become like a federal issue, meaning like basically when when we mess with their money, we mess with government money or, you know, money, then they, they come out because they, you know, just mess with their money. But that's when we make most changes when you mess with their money because then they're present, you know. But, I mean, that's why I think they came out is because, I mean, we were planning. We, we didn't destroy them all, but 
there was other businesses that was destroyed, you know. So just a banking system for the United States. And most businesses, obviously, you know, provide money or whatever. So, yeah, when you must stay money, then they're going to show up. I can, I can see that. I yeah. mean, to me, it was more of like, oh, uh, why why was the National Guard needed to be called? I mean, I understand that I guess the police couldn't handle as many people as it was out there, but like, I guess um, they were just out for extra protection and trying to calm down the situation, but it didn't really calm it down. Like, it still stayed the same Mm -hmm. until about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, and that's when everybody really just went home. So Yeah. That's really about it. Well, I mean, thankfully nothing crazy. Like nobody was, they didn't throw no kind of nothing crazy at us where they killing us and you know a mass. No, I mean, but they did throw some tear gas out there, but yeah, that's it. That's all they did. So. Mm. Okay, so let's get into our next topic, which is, and this is a little bit less of you know the stuff that's been happening now, but let's talk about what happened to the murder walls from Asia. So, can you give us a little bit of background on that? So, basically, what had happened was, in between the times of, after the coronavirus happened and right before the Black Lives Matter movement happened, they were talking about how these giant, these giant wasp or hornets were coming from Asia, and if you got stung by them, they would kill you. So then it was like, you know, be be you know, be on the lookout, all this and this and that, but now that we here, ain't nobody really talk about it no more. So it's like, what happened to them? Like where did they go? Like That sounds suspect to me. Like y'all tell us that, oh, be on the watch out for murder wasp because they can kill you with just one sting. And then uh, it was either that they can kill you with one sting or when one sting you multiple will come after you and sting you until you're dead so like they'll leave like a sin or something after they sting you and then like more will come and attack you or something like that and so they told us about it but then they just like two weeks later it up and disappeared and so i mean this is okay i'm kind of a conspiracy theorist or whatever but um, to me, it kind of just sound real suspect. Like the corona came from Asia and killing people China. off. China. Earth, Earth ain't coming from Asia. Everything and, yeah, made in China. Like, what y'all trying to do? Everything coming from but China. Population control in this much. But what if it's not real though? Like, what if? What if the coronavirus wasn't real? That's what I'm if saying. Do you think this is like a distraction? I mean, I, so, I mean, there's a lot going on. I mean, if you think about. And I, and I like the fact that y'all are open-minded. And I know we have, um, you know, shout-out to our listen, listeners out there that are open-minded, too. And, uh, you know, I, I love that TK and Tiller were proposing the idea of a conspiracy. And I think everybody needs to keep your mind open to those things because the media is kind of like a fear-based place, and it's turned into that because they're not going to um, show a peaceful protest. They're going to they're show people... Tearing down, they're gonna find. Well, let's find the protest that's the most violent. So you got to think about it when it comes to them um, specifically feeding you certain things in the media. Just know that it was specifically tailored 
to it was it was specifically tailored for a specific reason. You know, they're going to show the riots and the protests that are violent because that's what they want you to see. But they're not going to show you the ones where the cops were kneeling down with the black people or that the cops were walking with them or all the positive things that are happening. Because as human beings, we like drama. We like, you know, we, we make movies about it. We make TV shows about it. So I kind of feel like when Tiller and um, TK just said that, you know, it could be a conspiracy, I would have to agree because I think that the murder wasp specifically... You know, um, I I just heard about it from someone else. I didn't even hear about it on social media or on the news. Like somebody just told me, like, hey, Quinn, you hear about some murder walls? And I was like, I'm glad I didn't because I'm not going to give myself another reason I have anxiety about living right. and I have to already worry about wearing a mask when I walk out of my house. Right. So I just, I feel like, yeah, a lot of it this year is a lot of undercover. It seems, and my intuition tells me it's some undercover, it's some conspiracy stuff. Yeah, I okay. You know? So- so for me, this is okay. This is my compar- uh, conspiracy theory on how this is all happening. So basically, when the coronavirus came out, you know, everybody's jobs and stuff got shut down, right? Like a whole bunch of businesses and everything got shut down for at least like, well, you had to shut down for at least two weeks, right? So with that being said, Trump was like, he was like, okay, I'm about to start giving out, you know, I mean, $1,200 to everybody who filed their taxes, right? So my thing is, is that it would be the reason why he did that is because he wants everybody to vote for him to be back in office again. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean... And then, but then, ahead, like, sorry. when this George Floyd incident happened, it kind of threw it off because then now he's talking about, like, Oh, y'all need to get y'all, like, he's telling certain states, like, y'all need to get y'all states in order, you know what I'm saying? Like, control these, control all the riots and whatnot. He's like, you know what? We just gonna call National Guard. You know what I'm saying? He's not standing up with the, like, he's not really showing his careness to the Black Lives Matter movement. You know what I mean? Unlike our former president, Barack Obama, you know, he's, he's standing with us and he's telling, like, you know, He's putting, he's giving his input on it and whatnot, and so I felt like that, that really just messed it up, you know. And then he also called like the people that were doing the protest like thugs as well, like he literally called them thugs. I, I mean, I'm, we've been new for a long time that he's, you know, not the best person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy how he's calling people that are doing protest thugs. And last time I checked, I think you're anybody that steals somebody from another land is. A thug too, exactly. you know. True. So, <laughs> I wasn't ready for that one, but it's true. It's true. They're not ready to talk about that. You know what I mean? We're not ready to talk about how Native Americans, Black people, and Hispanics split America. Not ready to have those conversations. It wasn't wasn't Caucasians. They they founded it, but you know, I, you know, I, um, I watched a video on social media, and this guy was saying that if if we want to destroy what we built then we have a right to do that. You know, mm-hmm. if we want to destroy the malls and blah, blah, blah. Right. Then we got a right to do that because, you know, we build it on our backs. I'm just asking for us as black people to unite and move to Africa and build Wakanda. Like yeah. put all your energy into advancing technology in Africa and development agriculturally, economically, so black people can thrive and we don't have to worry about anybody 
coming into our land. And our, I'm sorry, I'm having a whole Killmonger. Well, I guess this mm-hmm. was a T'Challa moment because T'Challa was the one who yeah. didn't like Killmonger and what he had to say. And that was pretty much what he wanted to do. Anyway, um, but no, I just feel like I really wish that, you know, we need to really pour into black businesses right now. We really need to, um, on a serious note, really like invest in our community and just figure out ways that we can build Tulsa because Tulsa has a lot of history that we can build when it comes to Black Wall Street. Like, like somebody said, Tulsa is the blueprint of the Black community in America, and I honestly think it is because we have a lot of history here that gets overlooked. We're still struggling economically here in the North Side of Tulsa, like just like how movies and TV shows portray a Black side of a town of a city. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Tulsa has those all those qualities yeah. that are still growing. And we need to just take advantage of it, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement kicking off so much. That's going to highlight Black Wall Street. You know, so, you know what's crazy is like a couple of days before, like the whole George Floyd thing happened, I was strolling on Twitter and they were talking about the how uh, like talking about the Black Wall Street of Tulsa. And like I look, I checked that. I checked, I looked at the comments one night, and it was like I seen a whole bunch of people. It was like I've never heard of this. Like I don't even know what a lot of this people is. Like, and it was like, how come I ain't learned this in history class and whatnot? And I was like, dang, I ain't even know that. You know, a lot of people didn't know that this was a thing. But then at the same time, there was other people saying that, oh yeah, this isn't Tulsa isn't the only place that has had something like this. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't. I can't quite remember where they said it was, but then they were like, there's been other places that have had, you know, stuff like our Black Wall Street that's been, you know what I mean? That's been uh, burned down and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I just thought that was a pretty cool thing. How, like, to me, how not only is the people in Tulsa who know about it, but then there's some people outside of Tulsa who know about it, but also doesn't know about it. Well, this is a topic I'm putting out there. Um, it's do you think the Black Lives Matter movement is anti-white or do you think the Black Lives Matter movement is simply pro-black? I'm not going to say that they're anti-white. I think that I, I wouldn't say that. Um, and neither would I say that it's, it's strictly just pro-black. Uh, I think that it, it's just a, a moment that just put the emphasis on black lives or, or it should be I'm not sure like what actually goes on but I think it's the movement or a campaign whatever you want to call it to just put an emphasis on why black lives is important and why we matter and why we should be alive why you shouldn't kill us kind mm-hmm. of thing you know so do you guys agree with people saying all lives matter like does that make you mad and furious when somebody shouts all lives oh matter God. it just makes me think like they're ignorant to what's going on ignorant yeah. as in they're unaware See, yeah it's not i feel like it's not the time or place to really be doing that right now like okay we understand that you know everybody's lives matter but like as a black person we're fighting for equal rights right now you know you what i mean right right so like i mean like like well <laughs> i don't even know how to i don't even know how to say it but there are people out there who think that oh this is just fun and games and they're we posting pictures of how this man died, like with smiles on their face. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is white people putting their knee in another white person's neck, and they're both looking at the camera, just smiling. Like, that's I not, think, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, this right here is not. This is not something funny to us. Like, this is something serious, and we take this very serious, and this is very close to our hearts because, I mean, 
nine times out of ten, you see a police car following you. It don't even matter how long they following you. You scared for your life. You see yeah. one or two, it's like, oh my gosh, I hope they not following like, me about to pull me over. Right. And you like, you know what? I'm about to just turn in right here, park, and hopefully they ain't following me. And so, like, for us, we feel we fear for our lives because we don't know what's gonna happen. We don't know if we're gonna make it back to our family and whatnot. But this is something that we not playing with. We're not trying to make this a game or nothing. We being a hundred percent all in, equal rights. We want to be treated just like everybody else in the world and so you know, we fighting for what we deserve, you know. I think I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say one of the things that that annoys me about it, it doesn't make me just infuriated and angry, but one of the things that annoys me about it is that I don't think a lot of white people understand that we literally are like targets. And it's it's like like we're literally a target. And you know, um it's just like, and it's proven that we are a target. There's even certain articles that say that, you know, certain organizations or whatever target black people. And, like, we're all, we've, we've been the victim. I'm not saying that we, well, we do kind of victimize ourselves in, in some situations, but with slavery, we've been the victim. We were always the victim. It's, it's genetically in us to be the victim. We're just the victim in, in, in a lot of cases. Um and we're and, trying and, to change that. Yeah, we're trying to change that. And in some cases, I'm not. I'm not trying to say that all. We just gotta have this victim mentality, but we are a victim in the most cases. Um, but whenever it's a it's an issue uh, or a black issue when something happens, and then you have like a group of people saying, "No, not Black Lives Matter. All lives matter." And it's like, yeah, sure. But in this case, we're dying. You aren't. You aren't. You know, your people isn't dying. We're dying because police officers are killing us for nothing. Right. You know, like I'm pretty sure nobody has ever gotten in a car to drive and hasn't looked in their rear view to see if a cop is gonna pull them over. I'm pretty sure you've never had that experience in your life. If you really think about it, every time you get in a car to drive, at least once, once in that period from there to there, you looking in your rear view or whatever to see if this cop has pulled me up or is, this cop, is there a cop behind me? You know. Well, I wanna I wanna put some hope out there because I know like a lot of us, like you were saying that you know the African American community target. It seems, you know, history, American history has told us that. And also we're talking about how we feel, like people, like we feel kind of like powerless because we feel like we're a target, right? Well, I want to also put this conspiracy out there because I'm a spiritual person. What if it was programmed for you to believe that you are a victim? What if it was programmed into your mind to believe that you have to constantly view yourself as a target and view yourself as um, something that, you have to fear or something that you have to constantly look behind your back and, you know, uh, kind of be afraid of a white person abusing their power instead of focusing on the fact that you come from royalty, instead of focusing on the fact that you come from um, a rich history from Africa, instead of focusing on the fact that our ancestry doesn't stop at slavery, instead of focusing on the fact that um, whatever you focus on expands, whatever you focus on grows, whatever you focus on believes. Because if I'm looking at myself every, in the mirror every day, like, I'm a black man in America, and I got to always look behind my back when a cop drives. Like, I ain't doing all that. I'm sorry, but I'm not one of those black men that's going to sit here and live in fear. I'm not. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely feel you, and that's 100% like something that I believe we do come from, from royal villages and tribes and all of that before slavery. We were the ones that was running everything. You know, I believe all of that, and I have that deep in me. I know that I'm 
from a royal lineage out there. You know what I mean? And we got to use that energy. Yeah. We got to cultivate. And I'm not saying that we're not wrong to feel how we feel because nobody, I tell people all the time, don't tell a black person how they are, how to respond, how to feel about racism and all these things we've dealt with for a long time. It's in our blood. Our ancestors, they feel this right now. They're with us. They helped us to get to this moment. They prepared us for this year. They prepared us to fight at the Black Lives Matter rallies and protests because that's why I felt so, it felt so good to go. It was not a thought in my head that I'm going to get hurt. It wasn't a thought in my head I shouldn't be there. Yeah. I just kept thinking, this is all the stuff I used to hear about when I was a kid. Right, and we're doing it. And we're doing it. Yeah. I used to read about this. I, I go to the MLK Parade in Tulsa, Oklahoma for this every year. Like, why would I be at home? Right now, when I've learned about all this in history books, and I can yeah. be a part of history right now, like, why would I be home? Yeah. So that's how I looked at it. I didn't care about, you know, people being afraid of getting hurt, because I already know, I'm, I'm, regardless of whatever is physically in front of me, I've already trained my mind um, to believe that I'm protected. I don't care what it looks like in front of me. I just, I train my mind to say that. I'm protected. I, I spoke that over my life, and I just challenge y'all to speak your, um, success and speak your abundance into existence don't let the media don't let these racist people white black whoever they are don't let them take away the power that your mind has to create your own reality and to not live in fear because if you live in fear and you live in a box you're not truly living if you think that being a black is a is a you're a victim as a black person because i'm not going to tell my son or my daughter that i'm gonna say unfortunately that's a white problem it's not a black problem yeah definitely. you know that's not a black problem that's a that, that, that's a white problem and so you just got to be on the lookout for x y and z but just know like ain't nothing wrong with you sweetheart ain't nothing wrong with you you are a queen you are royalty and unfortunately in america they don't teach us our history but i'm gonna teach you our history that's mm-hmm. what i'm gonna do when i have kids so yeah, right. I agree with that. But um, ICM and Lil see how what what y'all think about it? How y'all feel about this whole situation? Well, going back on TK's question about like if Black Lives Matter is like, um, you know, pro black or or what was that? Um, anti-white. Was oh, it's I was saying is Black Lives Matter. Do you think it's pro black or anti-white? And then I was saying like, also does All Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter? What what's your opinion on that? Well. For the Black Lives Matter movement, I definitely don't think it's disregarding anybody else's, like, I don't think it's disregarding any other race. Um, I think it definitely is pro-black. It's just, like, I don't know. It's focusing on black people. Like, it's empowering black people, but it's not necessarily saying that no other lives matter or, you know, anything like that. I just think it's a thing that is built for us to get stronger off of and support us and all that stuff. But it's not saying that we don't like white people or something like that. Cause it's not true. But about the All Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter thing, I don't, I mean, I don't really like me saying All Lives Matter because, yes, obviously everyone's a decent human being. Um, but obviously, like, Latino and black people, they're, like, the minorities of this country and all around the world. And so it's like... I mean, all lives matter, but like y'all were saying earlier, like we suffer the most, and that's why we're focusing on us and empowering us because we're suffering most, not other people. And I want to say something about the word minority that I hate. I hate that in America we've made it seem like minority um, means other. 
right? Because minority is everything other than white, period, in America, right? But that only exists here in America. It doesn't exist in other places. In other places, black people can outnumber white people, so we're not the minority. So minority really doesn't mean race or a group of people that are black and brown. Minority just means the, who is the, the smaller subgroup of race in that particular area. Right. I mean, you know what yeah. I mean? I don't think of it that way, but obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, you know. Oh, I wasn't, that wasn't even me directing it at oh, you. Oh, yeah, I know. I was just saying, like, I hate that we think that minority means that black people are the minority around the world or, or that minority is attached to black. Like I hate that because it just makes it seem like, again, it's some white superiority. Like, it's like, oh, you're either white or you're a minority. Yeah. You're either one ca- two categories. You're white or you're a minority. Like, no. That's, think, that's a brainwash. That's, it's labeled that way because, like you said, we it's the white superiority. Kind it's of the white supremacy. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's why it's it's labeled like that because people don't look at black people as the, the more um, advanced group of people, I guess, or race of people. It's the white, you know, yeah. race. Yeah, I'm just saying that's how we, like, we're treated or are yeah. treated as minority, but I don't, I would never think Of that. course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I'm just saying, like, in other places where the African-American population is a little more higher, white people would be the minority, yeah. or any other race would be the minority. We'd be calling them the minority. So I think that uh, that's another thing. I think in order for us to really beat um, racism in America, we have to stop, we have to start seeing each other as humans. Like, at the end of the day, coronavirus don't care if you're black. Coronavirus don't care if you're white. That should tell you something. Man. The coronavirus ain't picking and choosing who who it wants to attack today. Oh, I'm, I think less, I'm going to come after the white race. They done did so much damage to the black community. Like, coronavirus ain't doing that. Coronavirus is just out here just, you know, affecting everybody. You know what I mean? And I think that should tell all of, all of us that we're, we're human at the end of the day, period. We're human. And to to be mad at somebody or upset with somebody because of the color of their skin is a petty thing to be mad and upset about when there are hundreds of things in this world to be mad and upset about. You're going to be mad at somebody's color, their skin, because it's different than yours. You know, so I think in 2020, it's sad that we're dealing with racial issues right now. But at the same time, I think it's beautiful because maybe these are things that needed to kind of be uprooted for us to move forward as a country. You know what I mean? Like maybe 2020, the vision was really about this, like. Because I think that's crazy how this is 2020, the year of vision, and everything has happened back to back to back to back to back to back. Like, just so transformative in our society. Like, I don't think our society is going to look the same by 2030. By 2030, we're going to live in a whole nother society. You know what I mean? So, we're just living in the beginning stages of that. And, you know, I think that by the end of 2020, I, every month is something. This is the beginning of June, so I wouldn't be surprised they said the extraterrestrials are real. <laughs> you know, I think seriously, I'm gonna just, <laughs> I think that um, we really okay. All of the stuff that's been happening within our community, I think that it's just there has to be a point where the mass of us are are no longer being naive to the stuff that happens in the world, are no longer being silent about it um reclaiming our time and the stuff we say i think it's just about like setting our like authority and and telling people that this is not like this is not about to happen no more you know and just being like i don't know there's just there comes a point where we just got to stop living in this fantasy world that like 
I don't know. I don't even know how to explain what, how I'm feeling right now. But we just, I feel like we, a lot of black people are naive to a lot of stuff that happens in the world, you know, and, and how it affects us, how it affects our families, how it affects our income, what all of that. What specifically? Give the people the things that are happening. So, um, okay, I'm talking about like all of the killings that has happened, not just this year, but, you know, Sandra Bland back to, you know, Philando Castile back to Terrence Crutcher, like all of this stuff that is happening back to back to back to back. There comes a point where we just got to like, we, okay, we went from the, the whole um, Black Panther movement or whatever, you know, to us being in military, whatever, to us having to put our hands up. And it's like, to me, it just looks real. I don't know. The fight is no longer there. The fight is there for us to scream and yell and curse and yada yada, but Nobody is really doing the real work. Like, nobody is really going to, you know, uh, these city councilors and state representatives and the mayor and, and having a one-on-one conversation and letting them know, or even not even one-on-one, but just bringing a group of people like you and letting them know what's up, you know? And not, like, being negatively. I'm not saying come to them ignorant and negatively. I'm saying real educational people giving a real reason to why or how this is affecting us, how it affects the world that we live in. You know, and I was gonna say that I, I'm not gonna lie. I low key love this year only for the simple fact that I the fact that now black people are like shouting I'm black and I'm proud again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just reminded me why I love being black again. Like that's making me fall in love with black people even more. And like just seeing how powerful and resilient we are whenever we go through some a hard time and we come together. And we call fight. We come together. Like when something happens to the black community, we come. I have never seen a community like the black community come together for an issue before in my life. Because now again, like I said, we have the whole world has stopped for George Floyd. People across the world are having protests. Across the world. White people across the world are having protests for George Floyd. So I just feel like you know, it just makes me, it's unfortunate that this man has lost his life for something that could have been avoided, but at the same time, it, it birthed a revolution of just black pride again. You know what I mean? Like, I used to always hear about the 70s and how people were so proud to be black in the 70s and the 80s, you know, that, that was that birth of the black pride movement, right? And since then, we've never had a black pride movement, and up until now, into the Black Lives Matter movement. So I kind of feel like the Black Lives Matter movement is our black pride of our generation. You know what I mean? Like, it's like our opportunity to be proud to be black again. So why not be a part of that? Why not go to a protest to say you was a part of history? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can't, it's not every day you can say you went to a protest. Like, I didn't even think I'd be saying that. Like, I was like, it's crazy. Like, I never thought I'd be telling my mom, you know, I'm about to head out to a protest just, just to let you know I'm over here. Like, I, I'm, am I in 1970? or 60 something like what like it's just wild to me that i'm telling my family that i'm you know going to a protest and i'm giving them my address and information to let them know i'm going to be okay like i'm at a sit-in in 1960 so i just think that you know take advantage of this time because our ancestors are really they're here they're yeah. here they're walking around and they're here and especially because black wall street's anniversary is coming up next year so yeah. it's ironic that all this is happening and shaking up and the centennial is in 2021 here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. So, y'all, we're going we're gonna to take a quick break. Um, we got Beyonce or the Carters boss for y'all. We'll be right back. This is the Juice Radio Show. Make sure y'all, you know, keep in touch with us. Don't don't go nowhere, y'all. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Mm. Oh. 
And I don't know why it's difficult to admit that I miss you And I don't know why we argue And I just hope that you listen And if I hurt you, I'm sorry The music makes me dismissive When I'm awake, I'm just drifting I'm not complaining, it's just to say that I stay pretty busy Lately, and I could be misbehaving I just hang with my n- I'm famous if you forgot I'm faithful despite all what's in my face In my pocket And this is painfully honest And when I say it I vomit On cloudy days when I'm salty I play the hate to the logic Safe to safe for the profit It ain't a stain on me My mama raised me a profit I play for dollar incentive And where I'm walking is studded And half retarded I stumble to where she parked when she visit I grab the bottle and chug it I see the car in the distance I know the dark isn't coming For the moment If I can hold it My dreams got dimmer when I stopped smoking. Nightmares got more vivid when I stopped smoking. And loving you is a little different. I don't like you a lot. You see, it seems like... Um, Coming back, I gotta handle business. Vanished in my sleeper seat. Left you at Terminal 3. I meet you down at baggage claim in a couple weeks. A fortnight. When you parade my homecoming, don't cry. You know I can't live in any place I visit. To live and die in LA. I got my Fleetwood Mac. I could get high every day, but I be sleepy, OCD, and paranoid. So give me Bali Beach, no Molly, please. Palm, no marijuana trees. Your hickeys on my A order. And tattoos you could only see when I'm playing surfboard. I put whiskey in that salt water. I emptied every canteen just to wear that straight edge varsity. You think's cool. They thought me soft in high school. Thank God I'm jagged. Forgot you don't like it rough. I mean, he called me a big F. I was just calling his bluff. I mean, how ain't no M.I. gonna be when I'm aiming my gun? And why's his mug all bloody? That was a three-on-one. Standing ovation at Staples. I got my Grammys in gold. Polka dots on my bridge. I'm not supposed to be stunting. It's all melodic, this song. I catch this vibe in my sleep. But I'm just jet-lagged as all. And restless. All my dreams got more vivid when I stop smoking poop. Nightmares got more vivid when I stop smoking poop. Loving you's a little different. I don't like you a lot. I mean, bro. I don't know what we're about. What good is West Coast weather? If you're bipolar, if I'ma need this sweater, I'd rather be West Coast. West Coast. See how it goes. I put the flowers in bowls. I know they're coming in droves. You'll only miss when it goes. Yeah, I think that's it. When it goes. People across America trust Nutrisystem because we deliver your... Yo, 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 what is up with you? It is your boy, Young Tiller, and we are back with the Juice Radio Show. And I have my lovely guest here today. If you would like to introduce yourself. I go by the night closer, uh, the All-American night closer, and I'm right here from Tulsa, Oklahoma, a uh, professional boxer. Okay, okay. So tell us a little bit more about your boxing career. How 
how's that going for you? Uh, you know, I like it. You know what I'm saying? I think it's going great. Um, so, uh, last year I was able to reach, uh, the 2019 Olympic trials where I played silver. Uh, established myself as the Olympic alternate, but instead I decided to go pro leading into 2020. Um, and I did it all from training in Tulsa, Oklahoma, North South. How was it going to the Olympics? Like the experience? You said, how, how was it? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why I could, well, let me see. Can you repeat that question? Like, how was like, your experience going to the Olympics, like, I don't know, I guess just the journey going there, and then once you actually got there. Um, the process, the process, I like, um, I like anything you would do, you know what I'm saying, like, to actually become an Olympian, is a lot of sacrifice. So, I was back here, and I was in other states, uh, I traveled a lot, I went out of country one time, uh, it's a time to process I mean, just because like you know you gotta watch what you see you gotta you know watch you know, what you're doing as far as like not a lot of free time so uh, you know, not a lot of time to make time for family and stuff like that it's constant constant moving so a lot of people uh, can you hear me okay I can hear you a little better still a little muffled okay um, okay let's, hold on let's try something yeah. Okay, can you hear me better now? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I know a lot of people believe that, well, I know a lot of uh, body trainers who believe that um, if you, you can eat whatever you want as long as you work out, like, extra hard. So, do you believe that, or is that false, or what? Uh, I ain't going to say it's, it's false, but, you know, your performance is going to show. So, if you're trying to perform at a high level, you got to treat it. You know what I'm saying? You got to treat your body you know, to a high level. So, like, um, you know, you can have days where you eat good. I'm, I'm sitting in front of some food right now. Um, <laughs> but what you want to do is, uh, you know, just be mindful. Be mindful of what you're putting in your body. And if you're in the gym, you're putting the work in. I know guys, man, everybody looks different. My buddy in Vegas, man, like, he'll, he'll eat, like, pizza and stuff at the tournament. I'm like, dog, you know what I'm saying? I can't do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But uh, everybody's a little different. Perform at a high level, though, you gotta, you know, treat yourself um, to a high level nutrition. So, where did you, uh, where did you train here in North Dakota? Was you with um, Coach Reed or? No, it's funny, man. Everybody, you know, shout out to Reed, man. He's a legend, yo. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't ever tell anybody in town that I box without ever like, you know, getting that comparison. They'd be like, oh, you know, he's got Reed, but huge respect. You know, I've, I've been around Reed. We've known each other. And uh, I think I met Reed when I was probably about 18 or 19. Like, truly met him. I've always known of him, though, since I was 15 years old. Um, but my journey has been, like, um, self, self-talk. Um, you know, I, I trained at a gym whenever I moved back that had, um, that took fighters and stuff like that. They kind of had boxing a little bit. But I, I ended up becoming, like, a, a fitness coach at that gym. And then I... I trained this last year over at Title Boxing Club, um, just doing fitness classes. And then when after I did not doing my fitness classes, then I would train myself. And uh, I was able to catch people's eyes you know, across the nation, you know, just from standing in the gym or finding heavy bag. I, I work out anywhere. Yeah. I work out in the middle of the park. Um, I, 
okay. I love to, I've, I've kind of wanted to get into a little bit of boxing myself. I just never <laughs> did it. <laughs> Yo, it's never too late, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I've been doing this um, uh, dedicated, you know, some more time to it for three, three years now, going on four. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've been able to achieve some great things. But, you know, boxing is not like uh, people always think, you know, you got to just go to boxing to fight, you know what I'm saying? You can go just learn. You know, there's fitness boxing. Um, there's, uh, you know, you can learn techniques and stuff like that. So I think everybody should, you know, kind of give it a try. You know, just. Yeah. So what makes boxing fun for you? Like, what, like, what made it an interest for you? Um, you know, I'm a competitor. I'm a competitor at heart. Um, me, it's something about the challenge. Um, you know, it's some, it's a rush, man. It's, it's like a high that, you know what I'm saying, don't get from anything else. Um, knowing that you're about to go in there and this other dude is trying to impose his will on you and you're trying to put it back on him. Um, so for me, it's, it's the art, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it's another form of expression. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm all about things that are expressive. And so with boxing, I feel like, you know, I can get out there and all eyes are on you, you know what I'm saying? So if you don't get the results you want, you can go back and tweak it. So like, just just that, just that rawness of it, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's, a, it's, it's, it's brutal, but it's, a, it's beauty in it. Like, good, it's brutal. Oh, go ahead. What kind of stuff do you eat? Like, since you said you can't really, you know, eat all that fatty stuff, like, what kind of stuff do you eat? Could you give us, like, oh, an idea? Oh, sorry, you said what? Sorry, what kind of stuff, like, do you eat, you know, to stay in shape and stay healthy and be ready? I think you might have cut out on me again. Okay. Uh, <laughs> she was saying, um, hey, my name is Quintus. She was saying, what kind of stuff do you eat since, you know, your uh, your diet is very specific and strict? Oh, man, you know, so, like, um, you know, I got cravings like everybody else, man. You know? So, like, uh, I, I'm a big pasta guy, though. So, if you can find me, like, a good pasta, I like that. Um, you know, it kind of gives me the fuel for my day. Um, food, sometimes, like, the hardest part about boxing is food because, uh, you know, I love different flavors, spices, and stuff like that. Um, but I never eat something that, you know, is going to, like, take me away from the gym. I can feel it, man. When I start feeling like, oh, man, I'm kind of feeling heavy, then I, I just start running. You know, yeah. but uh, I say, like, pasta, um, fruits. I really love fruits. Um, and then, um, I don't know, like, it, it really just depends. I, I, I'll, I'll eat anything, man. I really will. I'll try anything once or twice. Okay. Um, oh, my bad. Um, I got a question. What's your fighting, what's your boxing record like how many wins do you take? Yeah. Um. So I've had over thirty amateur fights. Um. I really kind of forgot after, but I know I've uh, I fought I fought at least like thirty five to thirty six times. Um. I lost twice at the Olympic trials, uh, double elimination, and I lost at the, in the finals. Um. Really, really good fight though. It's still up on uh, YouTube. You can probably catch it. Um, but uh, you know, for me, uh, it's all about the learning curve, man. So like, um, you know, 
I've been on a steady growth rate. So I've been just growing and growing and growing. And then when I go to the professionals, professionals don't start over. over. So I'll be like, oh, no, I haven't had any fights with professional athletes yet. So who is your favorite boxer? And also, do you have any knockouts? Or have you had any knockouts? Oh, yeah, I got a couple. I got a couple, man, where I stopped some guys. You know, amateur boxing is different from professional, so mm-hmm. they try to, you know, make sure it's more safety involved. Okay, but, gotcha. you know, if, if you know how to turn the punches over and you know how to hit somebody, you know, um, you, you can stop them, you can hurt somebody. Uh, I've never been hurt in an amateur boxing match. Uh, I think that's a plus to give them more confidence going into the professionals. Right. Right. Um, but uh, I would say boxing that I really like to watch Maybe like Lennox Lewis, um, Evander Holyfield, of course. I got to meet him one time. Uh, you know, I don't know. Boxing, it, it draws a lot of different personalities and characters. So, like, you know, there's like somebody, everybody. Yeah. So, okay, one one more question. Um, so what inspires you to keep going, especially as a black man, you know, with, with the current you know, economy. So what, what inspires you to keep doing what you're doing and, you know, keep being great? Yeah, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it for my people out there that's listening. You know, the odds have always been stacked against us, right? So, you know, you might not have the resources, the opportunities in front of you, but just keep moving, keep moving forward, find your way, Um, you know, keep pushing on that door until something's great. You know, that's kind of how I feel, you know. Nobody can take me and put me back when I was living in poverty. You know, I'm in a whole nother, uh, I'm in a whole nother economical status right now. Yeah. And I'm still pushing, I'm still striving. I haven't got to where I want to be just yet. So don't get complacent. Look look around you and know that you can always do better. Uh, you know, and that's not to say like, you know, just materialistic, but just growing, growth and development. You gotta have, something to grow and something to, something to aim at, you know, so I set a goal and I'm looking at it, you know, and I see it, I'm like, okay, this is how I get to that step, you know, and so I, I make a plan, I make a plan for myself, it's always important to have a plan, um, but yeah, don't don't be too worried about what people got to say, you know, because people doubted me my whole life, um, you know, I was wearing a whole bunch of negativity all the time, and uh, for, for me, sports, I, I was always late to sports, so I didn't just grow up playing sports, but, bro, if all I got to do is get in the ring and fight, you know what I'm saying, I go through, I, I, I do more perseverance on the day-to-day in the fight, so I ain't got to be nervous about um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, I, it's glamorous to be a boxer and everything like that, but, you know, life is a fight. Yeah, I feel you. Okay, okay. So, before you leave, man, we would like to ask you for a little bit of words of wisdom, and just give us something that you what you want everybody to know. Yo, okay, so um, you know, we we, we just reached the 99 year anniversary uh, anniversary of um, you know, the 1921 race massacre. Yeah. Um, an important part of Oklahoma history, an important part of world history, important part of, you know, um, kind of where we're at today. Um, so, with everything going on in the media right now, you know what I'm saying, um, continue to be strong. Everybody needs to continue to be strong, you know what I'm saying, search for real resolution, um, and, you know, never forget, you know what I'm saying, like they say, never forget, like, don't forget the 
sacrifices made, you know, by people uh, before you to where you have this opportunity every day to wake up and do something else. So, like, um, if, if you take it for granted, you know what I'm saying, then uh, I, I, me personally, I just feel like I, I'll be doing a disservice to the people before me, you know what I'm saying, that really, that really, like, you know, fuck, fuck. But I, so I can have the right to sit here and even have a conversation on the cell phone, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, just keep pushing, man. All right, well, thank you so much thank for calling us. Thank you for, for coming. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate you guys for having me. All right, you stay blessed and stay safe out here. All right, stay blessed. All right, guys, so right now we're going to take another, another little short break. Um, right now I have Lil Uzi Vert, Yes Sarsky, with 21 Savage for you guys. Let it get inside. Yeah. Got a wet seat, baby, you ride. Yeah. I'm keeping my Jimmy on tide. Yeah. I can count that with no eyes. You kill my partner, we ride. Look, queen, let it slide. Got the same let it die. Yeah. Hit the f- outside. Then I put up the beat line. And we had the sticks outside. Dragging on lean on tide. Y'all can't join my life. I ain't giving no high five. Y'all can run and be wide. Yeah. Drop head phantom on me. Whole lot of hundreds on me. Whole lot of rubber bands, rubber bands, whole book bad me. 10 M's, yes, sir, ski. Whole lot of they ski. Cocaine, white like tea. LA on it. Dead around hanging out the tit. Y'all rookies, I'm a bit. Put a pee hole through your neck. I just want to talk about a chick. Made a call to take about a bit. Savage still popping them six. We were talking 10 for a verse. And I want 10 for a verse. That. 10 times 10 for a verse, 10 times 10 he hurts, I don't go to church, I curse, I ain't trying to kiss that little, I'ma put it on your chin when I burst, man, yes sir, doing donuts in the seats, yes sir, you got engaged, but she still wanna slurp, she double tap my picture, she so flirty, Draco with the drum and it's dirty, pineapple crush, it's so dirty, Come and get your she so thirsty. I'm finna pass her to the gang, yes, sir. Came in this house. I ain't panic, no, I ain't hide. I ain't know the was your bride. She tried to argue with me, then he got fired. I ain't wanna cap or lie. Me and her don't got ties. Watch how I walk past life. Put your girlfriend on the block with 1600 into a size wide. Try to have beef with me, I don't need like that's fried. Bro, no, pay 500 for some cards. Got my speakers up too loud, yeah. Two dog coupe on my ride, ride shotgun, give me head eyes. Yeah. I'm in the studio all day, yeah. I can go verse over verse, yeah. I don't even pray, so I'm cursed. What? This for a block, not a curse, yeah. These taking they life, yeah. These taking fake purse. No, I know they stomachs all hurt. Too deep, her stomach hurt. Put that boy right on the shirt. Name? Yes, sir. Doing donuts in a seat, yes, sir. You got engaged, but she still wanna slurpsky. She double tap my picture, she so flirty. Draco with the drum and it's dirty. Pineapple crush, it's so dirty. Come and get your, she so thirsty. I'm 
send a pepper to the gang. Yes, sir. Glenwood Road, I'm probably yeah. The ops, I'm probably yeah. Cut up a fly, they drop it. Drop it in the bowl, it's like it. Spread up by six, I'm cocky. I'ma win hollow off icing. Block get hot like Taco. I'm a dope boy, you a jockey. None of y'all can't stop me. Nah. With the crooks, I'm got it. Don't speak, just swallow it. Yeah. Hit your baby mama, she follow me. Yeah, yeah. Hit him with the stick, he hollering. 21, I'll tell it, I'm telling yeah. Y'all love to be gasping. Y'all fly spirit, I'm chattering. So what is up with y'all? We are back in this thing. It is the Juice Radio Show. Let's reintroduce ourselves. Um, your boy Prince Q. And it's the girl, the one and only most loveliest TK. What's up? It's me, Lucy. It's ICM. And it is your boy Young Teller. If you didn't know this already, but we're gonna jump right back into these topics today, man. And right now we're gonna talk about black businesses um the reason why i brought up black businesses because now is the time to really and truly support all black businesses it doesn't matter if it's food clothing anything that your mind can come up to if it is black owned support 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 just to show that you really and truly do care about the whole black community and everything that's going on right now we all need some loving you know what i'm saying just because it's black don't mean it has to be cheap. You know what I'm saying? Don't mean that you always going to get a black discount on it. You know what I'm saying? You know, so support your black businesses. And yeah, how do y'all, how do y'all feel about it? Do y'all, y'all supporting black businesses or? Yeah, I got to say this, y'all. So I am, and I might just have a little party for it because I'm super excited about it. But I am about to quit my job to work for a black business. And I'm so happy because I all my life I just wanted to work for a black business. That was it. So now I finally have the opportunity to work for a black business. And she's a woman and it's just like every it's just great. So I might just have like a, a party because I'm excited about it. And to me it's a big deal. Like I'm leaving this business that's ran by a white person to go work for a black person. Sure, and not? eventually have my own business. That's the, way, that's the way to go. And, and and to piggyback off t- what TK said, I'm trying to start my own black-owned business. I'm, I'm my own black business. My name is Quint Marcellus. I'm a music artist, model, actor. I also do a lot of other creative things like blog. I'm a writer. Um, and uh, I'm just creative in a lot of different ways. I'm trying to I have a blog called Qology.net where I talk about spirituality, fashion, um, music, and different things like that that I'm, that I'm actually working on revamping right now and just um, I actually think I may need to take a time, some time off of social media just so I can start my own black-owned business because yeah. I don't think I can with the current state of the world and the economy because it's so distracting. But to add to this, you know, to conversation about black-owned businesses, I definitely support my black businesses. And I definitely, my dream is to have my own black-owned business open up on Black Wall Street one day yeah. um, because I think that would be like, for me, I think that's like the best way I can get back, back to my hometown or have a piece of my creativity attached to the legacy of Black Wall Street. Yeah, I think some of the well, for me, some of the conflict is just um, I know some black-owned business. Uh, I don't. Well, let me not say that. okay, I'm just gonna say that some businesses 
like the stuff just be mad expensive and it's like i wouldn't even buy it if it was in a white store but, but it's just like bruh. okay but then look at look at it like this okay so me personally okay i am a black entrepreneur very small at it i do youtube clothing and customized shoes so look at it as this so say i'm not saying like you would do this but say you go to like finish line champs or something like that mm-hmm. you see a nike shirt they charge 35 dollars for that shirt right you go to a black owned business he changed he charges 35 dollars I would buy no thirty five dollars shirt. I'm saying okay, that's that's you though. But I'm saying there's <laughs> yeah, some people okay, there's yeah. some people who out there who would like Nike has hoodies for a hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? I never pay that price for a jacket that much because with a hundred dollars I can make my own hoodie and just slap a Nike logo on it, even though it, you know what I'm saying, that's not what you're supposed to do, but still it's just the it's just the mindset about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you pay for what you really want. You know what I mean? So you wouldn't pay $35 for a Nike shirt, but you'll probably spend $35 on something else that you really are into, though. Like, okay. You know what I'm saying? So if you seen... So but, if, if, some, if a black... If you walked into a store and you seen a shirt that has something that you really, really liked on it, like a picture or something, you no, no, no second thoughts in your mind. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm getting this right here, right now. You know what I'm saying? And it, it's just with anything. Like, you know... But like when it comes to a black business, he might do something like that, and you know you like, bro, come on, man, hook a brother up or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know, to me personally, sometimes it's okay to do it, but it ain't gonna happen all the time. You know what I'm saying? We think because it's us, we gotta get the hookup all right. the time. Right. That's a good point. We gotta be more supportive of like our black businesses, and I think that we're gonna they're gonna always give us a discount because we're black. And, you know, if your friend is a black person trying to start a bi- black business, you got to treat them like they're starting a black business and not your friend. Right. So it's just like, you know, we talk about supporting black businesses, but we got to start taking our black businesses seriously. We got to start taking ourselves seriously when we want to start black businesses. And, um, you know, I think that's just really what it is. Like, you know, people just kind of expect to get that discount and that hookup because you're black or because you're my cousin or whatever. So we just got to yeah. just. If we right. if we think black is excellence, then we need to start treating it like it's excellence. The only thing I the only thing that you know worries me not really worries is just like who are y'all catering to? Because most people in the black community do not have like or are not trying to buy like seventy five dollar t shirts with a small little logo on it or buy three for their kids. Like who are y'all real? Who is your audience that you're really trying to target? Are you trying to target us on the north side, or are you trying to target? They want them. They want them rich these people. Big, you know what I mean. They want the rich ones. And I get it. Take that. You know, take that money. Shoot. Put it into but, us. But then at the same time, though, I feel like you should be growing into like into the black community. You know what I'm saying? Not only are you trying to grow your brand, but you know, it's okay to give something back. You know what I'm saying? Like cater to us and make right have have, have a target audience. You know what I'm saying? Have something going on for everybody, and so. Yeah, you could do like a little, you know, make your search. Not saying they have to be like extremely be cheap. Reasonable. Like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, if you say $5 for a shirt, you're not really making money off that shirt. I mean, you are making money, but you got to have value. You got to have, yeah. exactly. You got to have value and then, you know, you got to price it right. So I say like you can do like $15, $15, $20. You know what I'm saying? That's not a bad price. At least to me, it's not. I'll pay $15, $20 for a shirt. 
But I mean, hey, I support all black businesses, and I want y'all to thrive and do what you can. If you out here, if your business is thriving, then kudos to you. No matter how much your shirt, your shoes, your pants, whatever your you water, may cost. whatever it costs, if you thriving, then you surviving, and I love it. Right. I want to jump on that boat with y'all. I, right. Where everybody, fine, everybody in life wants to be. They want. I feel like that's the wave nowadays. It's not. Nobody wants to work a nine to five no more. They want to own their own thing. Or I mean, it might be just me. But I know a couple of people who are the same way. It ain't me. I mean, it ain't just you. It's it's not just you. It's me too. Yeah. Because nah. I can't I can't work no nine to five. I can't do it. Well, when you that's when you get my blood. When you get sense to heaven working for yourself, I mean, it's hard. I, that, that's the thing. Like that's the challenge. And that's what I challenge everybody in here because everybody's black and everybody here is excellent. Cause we wouldn't be here in the same space if we weren't. So I feel like the challenge really is is like, you know, your work ethic towards yourself. Right. Because, I mean, if you know that you go to work and get that check and you got to pay your bills, you go wake up early and you got to make sure you on time, you clock in and everything is like perfect for your boss, your manager, your boss to not micromanage you. Right. right. But if you work for yourself, you got to micromanage yourself. You got to wake up at a certain time. You got to be responsible for how much money is in your checking account. Like You got to be responsible for a lot. And that's a big responsibility that a lot of people aren't willing to take on. So it's like it's easy to say you know, start a black owned business, but actually just learning the art of biz being in starting a business is something that we need to work on in the black community. I agree, need, yeah. You feel me? Like yeah. we need to have some schools and teach people how to be an entrepreneur and find, especially finances. I, I really want to see the black community thrive financially. And I think in order for us to thrive economically and financially, we need to educate each other about how to manage our money. That's where my head is for 2020. And my vision is like to have good ma- money management skills, because that's you're not going to get anywhere in life. You're not going to accomplish your dreams or anything unless you learn the fundamentals of, like, managing your money. Because as yeah. you get more successful, you're going to want to buy more. You're going to want to experience more in life. And, and you're going to have to have that money to have back it up. You and know? not even and, just, like, how to manage your money, but learning about how to save it and, mm-hmm. like, credit. Because that's a really huge thing that a lot of us don't know anything about or that we're just now learning about. Like, I just now really got the scoop the scoop on credit maybe like last month on some real stuff like i knew about it but i actually understood the percentage of what you're supposed to do blah 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 the ins and out of everything like as of last month so you know it's just like why am i just now learning this why don't we educate let's that's the question for y'all why do you think that in the black community we don't talk about financial literacy why don't we talk to our children or we talk my bad. I'm sorry. No, so, no, no it's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say our financial, our financial history comes from our parents. Their financial history comes from their parents. So I think it's just what they know. But I think, you know, in the black community, we need to have, like, I don't know if you guys heard about that startup, that uh, entrepreneur startup that happened in Black Wall Street that Ramal actually got accepted to and was a part of. Um, but we need to have more workshops. We need to have more schools where we just teach our black community how to be entrepreneurs that's what we need because there are black entrepreneurs yes but does everybody know how to be an entrepreneur no No. there's only a select few people that know the steps and the amount of money that may you need to set aside maybe or just the the process to get your business started because everybody has a different business everybody's business ain't the same so you know i think that's a big gap we say we talk about uplifting our black entrepreneurs but what about cultivating our black entrepreneurs? What about teaching people how to be an entrepreneur? That's something that we need to work on. Yeah, and for it to be effective. And for you it know, to be I effective. I don't want to go to no, you know, financial literacy class, and I'm walking out like, okay. I, I ain't getting nothing. Right. But the thing about it is is that as 
in the meantime, when you ask it, when you're putting that out there that you want to, you know, better financial uh, management skills and things like that, you got to be actively seeking out books. You got to be actively yeah. seeking out YouTube videos or yeah. anything you can. It's hard, but if you want to be great, you know, you got to be actively putting an effort to do certain things on your own. Sometimes you can't wait for your mom or your daddy, your, your cousin, your brother, your sister, your friend, your professor at, at school to, to teach you how to do something. You got to take those steps first yeah. and do it. And that's, that's the yeah. challenge. Yeah, and I'm thankful for my brother for putting me on because, y'all, if I, now that I know the stuff that I know now, I'm like, okay, now I know what to do with my money. Now right. I know what to do when I'm trying to get this credit card or whatever, you know? Right. So I'm, I'm thankful for him putting me on. Also, black-owned banks. I don't know if you guys know, there's a lot of black-owned banks. There's one black-owned bank that even has um, their own their credit cards. I think it's called One, one United, I believe. United one, United one, something like that. But on the one of their credit cards, they have um, pictures of Harriet Tubman. They got pictures of uh, historical black figures. They have pictures of black people depicted as royals on the front of their credit card. So when you yeah. hand a white person your credit card, like boom, boom, Harriet Tubman has got like the Wakanda salute. Like seriously, like look at that. <laughs> but um, but I think honestly, I would encourage everybody that's listening, everybody that's watching on Facebook Live, please, please, please. Go check out a black-owned bank because that will change your life. Knowing that you're investing your money into a bank that's owned by black people, you know your money gonna be protected. You and you and you can bet you that you're gonna have a lot more options. You're gonna have a lot more security as a black person to know. Like I'm banking with a black-owned bank. Yeah, that is. It feels yeah. good. So my cousin on that. You know. Right, right. So uh, I'm going to actually work on a list on my Facebook. Anybody that's following me on Facebook, you can check me out at Quentin Marcellus. But I'm actually going to work on um, looking for an article that I can post where they uh, talk about the different banks that are black owned that you can check out. So that you, if you want to switch from um, Bank of Oklahoma, you can switch from Bank of Oklahoma to One United because actually One United is the one that I'm going to switch to. That was what I'm talking about specifically. So, yeah, that's what I would say about black businesses, you know. Okay. Banks are perfect for that. There's actually, there's a lot of black-owned businesses, like cell phones, um, services, everything. Ooh, I've never, you know what would be cool? You know, we have AT&T, T-Mobile, and all these other, what about a black-owned cell phone service? Yeah, there is one. I don't know what it's called, but I know there is one, because I remember watching Now, that would be hot. Yeah, it there would is be. one. Because really you know we're going to support it. Black people going to support our own stuff, so, you know. There's black-owned toothpaste, toothbrushes. Clothing, like everything. Like it, we're, like, just, we're just unaware. Really? Well, I mean, I'm not surprised because we're already great, but right. we just need to, you know, be aware of all this. And I was just going to say, like, uh, you know, I would definitely love to see a black-owned, like we're just, just saying, like a tech company, mm-hmm. like Apple. That would be, that, that that be amazing, bro. Like, Some Wakanda type stuff. I ain't like, <laughs> that phone would probably be... I feel like if, it was, if, some, if they came out, if a black-owned business came out with something like Apple... Bro, it it would be. I think it would be over for Apple to be honest, bro. A <laughs> grape. And, and let me. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna mention one. A grape. Um, watermelon. Watermelon. It'll be a watermelon instead of apple. Oh, man. Um, that would be lit. That would be funny. Yeah, I don't even like watermelon, so that's such a lame joke. Fried chicken. Chicken. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. That's not just stereotypical, y'all. We all. What's a better fruit than a watermelon for black people? Kool Aid. Kool That's not a fruit. I don't know. He's so black. Yeah. Um, 
I would say I was gonna say um if not a watermelon then a grapes. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Watermelon grapes, and grapes, man. Grapes. I mean I don't know. Yeah, that's it. I think grapes. That's, I don't know. Some, some, that, mean, that green or grapes or red grapes? I say red grapes for black people. I like green grapes, but if we're talking about black people as a whole, I think I think red grapes. I think, I think a lot of people do grapes. Do you think black people do green over red? It depends. That's that's the question of that's the question. Right? That, that, that is a good question. <laughs> do black people like green grapes or red grapes? I think, wait, I'm, I'm, isn't there like a purple or is that red? I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about. Like the red, yeah, it's I mean, pretty much red. I thought it looked purple to me. I mean, it's purple, but it's like that's what I mean. Like purple, it's like purplish purple red, onion, you know? Yeah. Onion, okay. I mean, I like green grapes, so yeah. Let's start, I mean, it's black people in this room, so what? What's your what's your pick? Green or red grapes? I'm going with green, bro. Them things sweet. Yeah, I'm going with green grapes. That's sour for me. I like that one. I'm, I like red. I'm you like red? Yeah. Okay. Man, team green. Let's go. Team green? Green. That's sour. So we get well, green out, out where it's red in but here. Look. Have y'all ever tried cotton candy grapes? Like they never heard of that. Modified but still though, grapes. still though, but still, hear never me heard out. Of that. But it is good. But it, it is, it is. It tastes exactly like cotton candy, bro. But it's like I don't like to eat grapes and think of cotton candy. Like oh, where, can you, where can you get this from? I don't you even can get know. them at Sprouts, Walmart. Sprouts? Yeah, like, I'm always at Sprouts. Yeah, so I mean, they they have like a season where they come out. They're not out. I don't think they're out all year though. And so. It's more like a summer thing, so I, it, it should be out like sometime sooner. So. I think my thing is I go for red grapes because one they're they're really sweet, but I like cheese crackers and grapes, you know. So I ain't gonna and I think red grapes go well with cheese crackers. She she put me onto that one day, and it was it was because it was smacking though. I ain't gonna hold you. It was smacking. You get your glass of wine with your. You know, nah, I ain't doing a glass of wine. Hey, not for underage people over here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Y'all can get some sparkling welches. Some green juice. Yeah, right. Get some sparkling welches. Some grape juice. Put you know. Get some cranberry juice. Cranberry juice. You know. You know. Some sprite. Some sprite. I'm gonna have to bring some for y'all. I don't know. I'm sure y'all thought about it. But don't let this conversation about grapes distract you guys. The fact that I want to see a black-owned tech company. Okay. I'm gonna have to look it up. I know <laughs> you know what? I might have to go ahead and get to work on that. And, right. But I was gonna also mention y'all that before I tell you of a black-owned tech company that I know of by actually a popular black man that nobody probably ever thought of or researched. Do you know of any black tech companies? No. Yes. Okay. okay. She only knows because you're looking it up. Uh, that's right. Well, you looking it up. Do you know off the top of your head before no, you tell no, me? No, she didn't. Okay, I was going to mention Ray J. I don't know if y'all know. I mean, that, but, but that's not really. Is that tech, though? I mean, it, yeah, it, Ray I J know has a. He I has, know his earbuds, but. I mean, that's technology. Uh, wireless uh, earbuds? Yeah, yeah. That's okay. technology. Okay. I mean, headphones and wireless earbuds, that's, that's a tech company. That's right. tech. Right. You know what I mean? So. I mean, I knew let about me, it, but I. Let me uh let me say this though because this is actually a really great accomplishment. So figure figures wireless based in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, has been valued at sixty two point three million. Wow. Figures has said at twenty one, Figures was the youngest person to acquire an FCC license and he now operates Figures Communication, the only black owned telecommunications company in America. Hmm. Man, that's cool. Okay, figures. Do your thing. Freddie Figures. He was abandoned and adopted at birth and was adopted when he was just two days old by two mm. loving parents. And wow. now the co the CEO of Figures Wireless. Wow. That's that's, that's a 
life changing story right there. Oh, you know yeah. yeah. He said he was adopted as two days. Yeah. yeah. Abandoned I mean, up that person was adopted two days. I mean, hey, if he can do it, anybody can do it, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't let anything tell you or anyone tell you that you, you can't do it. It don't matter how much money you have, don't matter where you, where you come from, you're rich, you're poor. All you gotta do is apply your mind or something. Right. And just like make a sacrifice, whether that be financially, whether that be emotionally, whether that be whatever is holding you back from distracting you from manifesting your goals or dreams, you just gotta sacrifice something. Right. You just gotta find something that you wanna sticks to you, something that you wanna do. Don't do something like for me personally, I don't wanna do anything where I have to wake up every day and be dreading it, like dang, I really don't yeah. wanna go do this. Do something where you can wake up every day and just be like, yeah, you know what? I'm about to I'm about to do this today, and it's about to be lit. You're about to have fun. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So even if it's creating music, designing a brand, doing anything in the world, make sure you're having fun. Because, oh, what, what's that saying? The saying is, uh, not all not all money is good money. Yeah. At least that's. In my perspective, that's how I see it. So no matter if this job over here is telling me, oh, man, we'll pay you $20 an hour. Well, it's like labor, like slavery. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, but what am I going to have to do to get this $20 an hour? You know what I'm saying? I don't really want to wake up and do that to get, mm-hmm. you know, my $20 an hour. You know what right. I'm saying? I'd rather, go, I'd rather go do something fun that I enjoy, probably make a little bit less than, what I, less than that $20 an hour, but at least I'm enjoying my day. At least I ain't waking up every day and like, dang, you know, I hate this. I hate doing this and all this. I'm waking up saying, I love this. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad I got this opportunity to do it, you know? You know what I would suggest? If you brought the, if you're interested in starting a business and working for yourself and not a nine-to-five job, stuff like Uber Eats and like Uber and all those different things, like find those little side, side, side job hustles that allows you the freedom to create your own schedule and a freedom to kind of like, move when you want to move and you'll kind of learn your flow how you work as an entrepreneur yeah i might have I to take say. that on though i ain't never thought about doing uber eats or uber i would suggest uber eats and not picking up people i used to pick up people when it was just crazy like i i had so many good and bad stories from picking up actual people in my car who didn't always respect it or they felt entitled to stuff or they freaked out if you took a wrong turn like they think you're trying to kidnap them like seriously <laughs> So I, would, yeah, I, I was like, I gotta stick to food because food ain't gonna people are gonna that drive me crazy. Food ain't gonna do that to me. Yeah, All you gotta do is right. Oh man, it, it got crazy. All you gotta do with food is you just pick it up and drop it off somebody's porch. <laughs> when you pick up people in your car, you get attitudes, you get smells, you get disrespect, you get some people who like you, some people who don't like you, some people who want to talk, some people who don't want to talk, some people who don't have the right address and the Jeep. You get so many different things. That you got to deal with on a day-to-day basis. So I, kudos to people out there, especially in the time period we're living in right now. And to all my black people out there, Ubering be safe. You know what I mean? Like Ubering is not always, you know, glamorized as it, 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 people glamorize it, but it's, it's it is hard work. <laughs> it is hard work to deal with so many different personalities every day. So I just sent out my kudos to anybody out there, and especially in these times, this pandemic times, who's Ubering, be safe out there, drive safe, and just you know take some mental health breaks but i definitely would recommend uber eats over anything because i think uber eats are like uh you know all the other food picking up companies you know i think those are easy things you could do in these times especially with being so many layoffs right now a lot of people still don't have a job right now 
that's the easy thing you could do um, on your app, on your phone. Like if you have a car, you just and you know you just pick up food. Like I think it's a great opportunity to get started as an entrepreneur, and that's something I'm actually doing. So. Hey. You know, I just want to shout out my boy Josh, Jay Emanuel, Jay Boogie. I don't think you guys are aware of him. But anyway, I just want to shout him out because this man, like, I don't know, something about him inspires me to just keep going. Jay Boogie. Let's yeah. talk about it. Who is this? Is he from Tulsa? So he was actually on the show uh, in the past, but he went to school for Jackson State in Jackson State. Um, but oh, yeah, Josh? yeah, Josh. Okay. But yeah, something about him just inspires me to like keep going and to just be me. So I just want to shout him out. I love you, bro, and I really hope and I pray that you are safe and that you are thriving out there because you have such a huge future, and I can see it. I can see it. You're bright, man. You're bright. <laughs> yeah, that's all I had to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So what's the topic we haven't covered, Taylor? I know there were a couple oh. of things you wanted to talk about this week. Um, I got a topic. Okay. Want me to hit you with it? Hit, it, hit right. me with it. All right, what's up? All right, so um, <laughs> so um, LeBron James is going to produce a documentary. Documentary. A documentary. Yes, thank you. Over uh, 1921 race massacre over Tulsa, Oklahoma. So that's going to be LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. Mm. LeBron, LeBron James is also going to be working on Space Jam too. Yeah, he's yeah. really, uh, if you didn't know, LeBron James is really connected to the community, the black community. You know, he's giving back to the black community. But if and if he do, if you he, will see me. Yeah, you. I'm pretty sure you'll see everybody. See, see, that's the thing. If LeBron James is really doing this, which sounds like he is, it wouldn't make any sense. What you mean? For you to not come to Tulsa. Agreed. Okay. It would not make that. any sense. I okay. don't even... Yeah, you can't. You can't do it from. You can't. You do can't it do it from LA, right? In your in your mansion, like you, you need to come. Because I don't. I don't. I respect LeBron James. He's dope. He's amazing. Like Kobe co-signed LeBron James. But what, when you when it comes to the nineteen twenty one race ride in Tulsa, Oklahoma, if you if you if, if we're gonna let a some major celebrity like LeBron James take over that project and not let somebody from Tulsa do it, you gotta come. And if you don't come, then I still don't see that as that counting towards really a, a, a it, it's still counting towards something because it's awareness. So I can't say that. And he's an African-American man. But I would like to see you come to Tulsa if that's what you're going to do. I if agree. you don't, then I want to see somebody from Tulsa do something bigger. And it's going to respect him a you lot. Feel me? It's, or it's going to make me respect him a lot more if he does come to Tulsa. Yeah. You know? But yeah, I just don't think it's going to make sense to cover the Tulsa race rides from L.A. He Gosh, might. Come. He said social distancing, man. Y'all got it. It's social distancing. Well, yeah, I agree with that, but I think you to make a movie. I think for the ancestors, we deserve, especially. I feel you. Though. You know, with, I, I get, I get what you. I, I, I get the point of him needing to be here. You know what I'm saying? And especially with the talented you know. people we already have here in Tulsa that aren't even making documentaries about the Knights of New Race, right? And we're gonna have LeBron James come and do it. Brian like, James. if he's gonna do it, he got to do it good and, and got to be here. That's all I gotta say. I feel you. But like what he's done so far, he's literally built a school for, like, for he. I think it was an elementary or a middle school. I'm not quite sure, but he has built a school. I think strictly for black kids, and every kid that goes, they automatically get it. Then they're automatically going to graduate, and I think get some type of scholarship into a college or something. I believe that's what it is. I'm not 100% sure. This happened a long time ago. Not like a long time ago, but like a couple years ago. And so 
I yeah. can't say that I'm 100 percent sure. He opened up um, a school. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I remember. It. I know the. I know that part, but I'm not 100 percent on how the scholarship thing works. Oh, got you. So, got you. Got you. We're gonna take another quick little break. I got my girl Doja Cat say so right here for you guys. Don't look at me. <laughs> no, you don't look at me. <laughs> hey, we still on.
All right, so that was Doja Cat, Say So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so with the time we have left, it is the Juice Radio Show, and we're going to get right back into it. We're going to do our words of wisdom. So who would like to go first? I'll go first, and I'll just say that uh, my words of wisdom for this week for you guys is simply that, um, you know, sometimes good things fall apart so better things can fall together. Love it. That's uh, very hard right there. (laughs) My words of wisdom, I don't know. I mean, I was just going to go back on what we were talking about today towards the end about, you know, the black businesses and stuff. And just kind of say to invest into yourself and invest in what you want to do, what your heart desires, like your vision, and just really invest in that and make it a reality. I'll say, um, I'll say the fight for equality and justice and reparations does not stop just because the streets are silent. That's all. Read that in a post earlier this week. I but... did. <laughs> okay, that's cool. That's cool. My words of wisdom is everything happens for a purpose. Mm. I think y'all got me beat. But uh, <laughs> mine would be my words of wisdom would be to just do what you feel, no matter what. You know what I'm saying? No matter. Don't let anybody tell you what you can and can't do. You know, if your heart is telling you to, to do something, then do it. Follow your dreams and stick to it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, that's really just about it. That's all I got. So before we end this, y'all, I need y'all to go to YouTube real quick and just put in your search button, uh, living like TK, L-I-V-I-N-L-I-K-E-T-K, and watch those videos, you know, give me a view, a like, a comment, whatever you choose. Don't you got like two but or three yeah, videos? Just, but yeah, just uh, support me, you know, give me some feedback, show me some love, and I will have more videos soon. But yeah, just keep, you know, help me grow, y'all, help me grow. Well, if that's the case, then, you know, after you watch her videos, then you can go ahead and <laughs> hop on to that boy, Young Tiller. I love it. Y-U-N-G space T-I-L-L-E-R, and go ahead Hit the like button, subscribe, yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. Watch all the videos yeah. on there. Okay. You know, yeah. and so Yeah, y'all should after you watch TK and Taylor's videos, you should go to my video <laughs> and type in Eden McKay, E D and M A K A Y. Yeah. And so pretty much we saved the best for last. So yeah, my two favorite Kelsey Black Boy are on iTunes. Oh and Careful Black Boy Phone Wings, check it out on iTunes on Mixtape Days and anyway. Y'all know, y'all know what the boy QB doing. Y'all know what the boy QB doing on the journey coming out this summer. What's up? <laughs> All right. All right. So, what's up, bro? Later on down in this week, I'm going to have a little surprise for y'all. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be something new for me. And so I'm going to share it with you guys later on in the month of June. I'm excited for this. And I can't wait wait to share this news with everybody else when I know that it is official. But... This is the Juice Radio Show, and we are out. We love y'all. Stay black, 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 black. Stay black. 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 Black.
working on a weekend like usual. Way off in the deep end like usual. Swear they passed us, they doing too much. Haven't done my taxes, I'm too turned up. Virgil got a paddock on my wrist going nuts. Caught me slipping once, okay, so what? Someone hit your block up, I tell you if it was us. Man, a house in Rosewood, it too plush. Say my day's a number, but I keep waking up. No, you see my text, baby, please say something. Wine by the glass, your man, a cheapskate, huh? Gotta move off my release day, huh? This is fame, not clout. I don't even know what that's about. Watch your mouth. Baby, got an ego twice the size of the crib. I can never tell it. It is what it is. Said what I had to and did what I did. Never turn my back on FBG, God forbid. Virgil got a paddock on my wrist, doing front flips. Giving you my number, but don't hit me on no dunk. Working on a weekend like usual. Way off in the deep end like usual. Swear they passed us, they doing too much. Haven't done my taxes, I'm too turned up. Virgil got a paddock on my wrist going nuts. Caught me slipping once, okay, so what? Someone hit your block up, I tell you if it was us. Man, a house in Rosewood, it too plush. It's cool, man. Got red bottles on. Life is good. You know what I mean? Like, $100,000 for the cheapest ring on the finger, little. I done flew one out to Spain to be in my domain and automotive. Dropped $3 on the rain, cause it's been the truck, look. Ooh. I was in the trap, serving cocaine, they ain't been the same fence. Granted, she was standing right there while I catch a play on the brick. Ooh. I made them look go hey while I tell the this. Ooh. I'd have been down bad in them trenches, had to ride with that stick. Ooh. Who gave you pills from gave that dust, Pluto Central on the dick. Too many convicts that rolled me to play in this. Grab about nonsense, get old summer spreading this. Ooh, they had the counter light lighting it up. Anybody can get it. Ooh, I'm on a PJ lighting it up. Backwood full of sticky. Ooh, I'm trying to talk that Drake or London and then it's extended. Ooh, they got a stretcher. Now we gon' die for this. Ooh, yeah, I ride for my d- I lied about it. Ooh, we some poor high class made it. We rich, yeah. I was at the band though. Got a penthouse for a closet. Ooh, it's like a shadow. Lit on my neck, my wrist. Ooh. I got things told that taught different languages. Ooh, got professors in my blood and perfect. Uh, $100,000 for the cheapest ring on the sprinkle of. Ooh, I done flew one out to Spain to be in my domain and automotive. Ooh, dropped $3 on the rain cause it's been the truck look. Ooh, I was in the trap serving cocaine, they ain't been the same since. That's by the time I call us a ring. I go tremendo for new fettuccine. Ah, fat though, carry the pinky. Ah, fat though, we bought the season. I'm in the loop with the boo, I'm in the loop with the boo. Which one you working? I put your face on the news, I put the boots on the shirt. After I merge it, make go shoot up the hearse. Cost me a quarter. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.